Hello and welcome to the ETOF 2-1 Sports Podcast for January 28th. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF 2-1 Sports. You can find my work on Twitter at ETOF 2-1. You can find my work on Instagram for everything sports betting at ETOF 2-1 Sports underscore. For free horse racing picks. And yes, we did hit another pick five at Oakland today at ETOF 2-1 Sports underscore horse underscore racing. For free fantasy football advice at ETOF 2-1 Sports underscore fantasy. And for daily sports stuff and my five things about yesterday at ETOF21 underscore sports underscore news. How is everyone doing today? Can we believe it's already January 28th and we're two weeks away from the fucking Super Bowl? Wow. This is the greatest, sorry, not the greatest, a great sports weekend. We got college basketball. We got the SEC Big, Big 12 Challenge. We have a Bellator card, we have NHL, we have NBA, we have the Pegasus down at Gulfstream. But more importantly, we have not one, but two NFL games. And this is the last weekend for a long time that we're going to have two NFL games. So because of that, this episode is mainly going to be dedicated to those two games. But we are going to have some other stuff we discuss. The plan for today's show is very simple. Gino, my man, is going to come on and we're going to talk the Royal Rumble. And most people think, oh, it's a Royal Rumble. There's no money to be had. Yeah, there's money to be had in the Royal Rumble. There's money to be bet on the Royal Rumble. And Gino's going to tell you some bets. You can lock in when watching the Royal Rumble. Granted, you know, low limits, but, you know, throw 25 bucks, maybe able to hit a winner. You know, we've hit a couple winners, or at least I have, betting the Royal Rumble in, in years past. So Gina's going to come on and talk about that. We had a big NFL coaching change. Sean Payton of Houdat Nation of the New Orleans Saints left. Chase, the wolf of Oaklawn, is going to come on, and he is going to talk about what's next. What is next for the Saints? What can they do in the draft? new coaches, the salary cap they have going on, everything. He's going to come on. He's going to talk about that. We have a great episode. I mean, locked and loaded episode. Then I'm going to talk about the DFS stuff. I'm going to give you my millionaire maker. And then David Alpha underscore analytics on Instagram. Denver dog better on Twitter. He's going to come on and we're going to just talk shop. We're going to talk the NFL game. We're going to talk it out. We're going to tell you what best to lock in. So like I said, you know, we had a great show planned. But before we jump into that, the kid, Uncle Eric, has got to tell you a little story. So I'm here. My boy is over. Now, he sends me a message. He's like, hey, you know, you want to watch the Rams and uh, Bucks game together? I'm like, okay, sure. Now, for those of you who don't know, watching a game with me is, though, not a pleasant experience. I have two laptops open on betting stuff where I am taking bets on different books. I have my iPad open on another book. I found three books where I can take advantage of live betting, and I have those books open. So I'm constantly seeing the lines where I can lock in what I need to lock in to make money. Plus I have my my legal pad out where I'm taking notes. So it's not really a pleasant experience watching a game with me. And also, as I've mentioned numerous times, I don't have the sound on. I literally, I don't have the sound on when I'm watching a game because I don't want the narrative of the announcers to be pushed onto me. So it's not really a pleasant thing. So it kind of struck me as odd, and my boy knows this. 
so he comes over and you know we're talking and everything and you know watch the game you know blah 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 end of the game he's getting ready to leave he's like hey man i'm like yeah he goes my wedding's coming up and i am in the midst of picking out groomsmen and i think he's just gonna ask me to be his groomsman so that's where my mind is i'm like okay you know i'm just gonna be a groomsman you know that you know that's cool and that's what i was expecting to be all honest with you he asked me to be his best man and this is awesome one of my best friends in the world so excited and now i'm freaking out because i literally have no idea what the f to do i literally have no idea what my effing responsibilities are i googled it i see 50 different things all i know is i gotta slam plan a slamming fucking bachelor party gotta make sure i don't don't lose the rings and um yeah that's that's it that's all that's all i know so if anyone else knows what the kid has to do for the uh to be the best man, definitely let me know. Cause yeah, I gotta I gotta figure that shit out fast. Cause October's right around the corner. Write a speech, but writing a speech should be easy. I'm not worried about that. So yeah, that was kind of exciting. Uh, we got a big snow storm out here in Chicago. So me and my wild turkey are basically gonna be hunkered in for the rest of the night, rest of the day, and I'm just gonna be here talking sports with you. And like I said, you know, it's a great great sports weekend. Plenty of opportunity to make some money. Really been seeing college basketball. We're up over 18 U's for the week on college basketball. Jesus Christ. We hit Georgia plus 850. Indiana State plus 220. Butler plus 175. So we've really been seeing the court well. And hopefully we continue this and keep producing some winners for you guys. So yeah, let's make sure that we have our notifications on. Because everything is free. I am giving all my bets away from free. The only stuff I'm going to be charging for is the NFL stuff. Everything else is just going to be free. And people are like, why aren't you charging anymore? Quite simply, with the stuff I have going on in my life, it is too much stress in my life to answer all the demand for people that want my picks. Um, And I make enough money and I'm good at betting where I don't need to charge you guys for my stuff. That's it. I mean, at the end of the day, that's it. I make enough money betting. You know, I live in a house in a neighborhood that is a little over extended, not overextended. How can I say this? Where I live, I'm definitely an outlier. It looks like I don't belong here because of the kind of the high society of the neighborhood, but I'm here because my sports betting is winning, and that's just what I do, and I'm not going to charge you guys First off, you can find all my picks really simply. Um, Saturday morning, Cutting Nets, I'm there with the Better Than Vegas guys, giving out my picks. Post them on my Instagram story and post them on Twitter. Very simple, guys. You know, as long as you guys have your notification on, everything's going to be out there. So, yeah, everything's free. Uh, Probably to the NFL. NFL, you know, since I do put a lot of time in it, uh, I may charge for that like I did that this past year, but I don't know if I am. I still got to kind of figure it out. Just because at the end of the day, um, I really don't feel like I should be charging. I really feel like if you guys want help, I'm here to help you. And that's what I'm looking to do. And winning money betting sports has opened up a million opportunities for me. And that's what I'm trying to do for you guys is help you guys understand how to bet and make money betting. So, yeah, you know, any questions, you guys don't understand a bet, you know, shoot me up on the direct messages, and I'll be more than happy to help you out.
But like I said, we have a great show today, so let's jump right into it. So there's not only the big weekend of football, but also one of the big WrestleMania Kickstarters is this weekend. And it is the Royal Rumble, which is tonight, this Saturday. And who else but Gino, from the host of the That's What G Said podcast, to come on and talk a little Royal Rumble and tell you who to bet on. Gino, how you doing today? Oh, man, I love Royal Rumble talk. This is great. I mean, I'm been a wrestling fan some of the earliest memories of my life for wrestling my dad was a wrestling coach my dad wrestled his whole life and then i wrestled when i was a kid so for me when i watched pro wrestling i i knew that pro wrestling wasn't the same kind of wrestling that i did but it was cool i was like oh i i wrestle i'm, I'm gonna be a wrestler you know so i just i loved it we also had the black box growing up you remember the black box so oh, yeah. i could watch every fight Every pay-per-view event, every everything, some of the bad stuff too, just flip that switch in the back and I got whatever I wanted on there. So I never missed a pay-per-view from – I can honestly remember sitting in my, my parents' room and watching like every show from 1990 on. I actually remember from like three years old on. It's so cool and I've gone back over and over and I've dived into this Royal Rumble. So let's try to make some money. Yeah, yeah I, I love the Royal Rumble and I think it offers like a good betting opportunity because – I really feel like this year there's like no real quote unquote favorite. I mean, at the women's side there is. Um, I was actually able to lock in Rousey now bet online, which we'll be getting the lines from. She was at plus three seventy five, and right now she's sitting at minus one thirty. I mean, I know there's a lot of reports on Twitter and everything that she's going to be coming coming in. A, do you think? she's going to be there or do you think the wwe is going to do what they did last time where i think it was asuka won it but then she came out at the end like what the only worry now she if she's in the royal rumble she's winning the royal rumble like she's not going to be in the match and not win and that won't happen so if you hear her music come out in the rumble i I would be just shocked It, it just won't happen now the, the issue is what you said. Could she show up after the Rumble or could she show up earlier in the night after the Becky Lynch match? Yep. And Good. just, hey, I'm coming after you. Becky beats Dewdrop in that match and she stands there. I do get the feeling that she's going to be showing up soon. If you're... It's not fun to play the heavy chalk there. Again, like, Ari, if, you, if you're wanting to play Ronda and a couple other people, try to find the best number, but... If she's in it, she's winning it. I probably wouldn't want to bet her at the shorter number now, at a minus number, but because there are still options of, like, she doesn't have to be in the Royal Rumble in order for her to have a major match at WrestleMania. Not at all, because, I mean, you hit it in the head. She could come out, like, after Becky. Oh, my God. What's that lady's name? I'm totally spacing on her name. Whoever Becky is fighting and, like, go after her. Yep. Um, But I kind of feel like, there's been this whole Bianca Blair buildup. She's got the natural storyline going with Becky. She's plus yep. 300. How do you feel about her? Yeah, she would be the safest play right now. And she might be sort of, I think a lot of people may not want to bet her because they would think, ah, well, she just won last year. They're not going to give her back-to-back wins. I kind of feel the opposite. If if we're not going to get a Ronda-Becky match now, if Ronda doesn't show up, I think Bianca Belair is the most likely winner of the match. She won last year. She's very impressive. Like you said, she's got the built-in story with Becky. And they kept 
they kept making her look like crap a lot of times through the year. And when that happens, usually it's because they've got a plan and I'm assuming that Bianca is going to get the win over Becky at WrestleMania and she'll have her big moment where she celebrates and she finally, you know, she gets the better of the evil heel Becky who is taking advantage of her over and over. The only issue again is like we're saying with the time between the Royal Rumble now and WrestleMania, the fact that there's another uh, show that they have in, in Saudi Arabia, there are opportunities for Bianca to face Becky at WrestleMania and not have to win the Royal Rumble. But if I had to pick one person right now, not with or without the Ronda stuff, like I said, if Ronda's in, she's going to win. But I don't, that's not a sure enough thing. If I had to pick one person, it would be Bianca. Yeah, I mean, it, it just, everything makes sense. Um, you know, there is like three, the next three people. Now, these three haven't been on on air for a while. Bliss is at plus 600, Asuka at plus 700, and I kind of feel like Bailey's kind of like the forgotten person mm-hmm. at 10 to 1. I mean, do you think it, any of those three have legs? Bliss, for sure. Uh, they've been giving Bliss the vignettes recently. Bliss has a built-in storyline with Charlotte, so Bliss could absolutely win, and they could have Bliss go and wrestle Charlotte on the for the SmackDown women's title on that side. I don't think Asuka will win. Asuka has won a Rumble previously. I think we will see all three of the women you mentioned, I think, will be in the Rumble. I think all three of them are in there. And then in there, when they're in there, they have a chance. But it doesn't. It wouldn't make sense right now for Asuka. For Bailey. what would be interesting about Bailey is if she returns now. Bailey has been a heel. She's been a bad guy when, for a while. Now, when she, if she returns, she probably gets cheered. You could very easily have her go back to being the old Bailey and go have a match with Charlotte. And her and Charlotte have a very easy built-in feud. She could say, hey, I want to go take on Becky Lynch. You know, that could be a built-in feud. These women all have a ton of history together. I don't quite think it's Bailey's moment, but I would prefer Bailey over Asuka if you're betting and you're looking to play a few bucks on some long shots. Of the three of them, of that group, I'd probably prefer Bliss, even though she is the shorter of those three price. Now, I'm looking at this. This is just a long shot. And we all know the WWE's main storyline is the corporate general manager against the the wrestler who constantly gets screwed over. What about Naomi at 20 to 1? There are two that I, I would look at at maybe longer-ish prices. Um, one of them was Naomi. And the other one, what is Lita on the board? Lita is she, at 25 to 1. Okay, so those two already have a built-in story with Charlotte Flair. Naomi, you mentioned it. Naomi's kind of had one recently. Sonya Deville has been continue to make life difficult for Naomi. They they put her in matches with Charlotte, but then she didn't want her to get, have a title match and she's been really just continuing to not give her chances. So, yeah, Naomi you, Naomi, they love in the Royal Rumble because she's so incredibly athletic. She always does one of these crazy spots where she's like climbing the walls or she's doing something that the, like, it does not even make sense that a person would be able to do. And then Lita. Now, Lita, right now, if I had to, to guess, I actually think that Lita will end up eliminating Charlotte and that Charlotte will get pissed and come back in and eliminate Lita. And so Lita won't end up winning, but those two will set forth and have a match 
afterwards. Maybe it's at WrestleMania. Maybe it's in a couple months or who knows. But I could Lita would make sense because she came back. She cut a promo on SmackDown, talked about how she has one more run. She had a little interaction back and forth with Charlotte. So there's something there. They they generally don't give you a little tease like that unless they're going to come back to it. So those two, you hit Naomi, I'd agree. If you're looking for someone that's outside of the top betting choices, Naomi and then Lita would be two that I think could have really good runs. So now let's look at the men's. Now, like, usually you can kind of tell, like, what's going to happen with the men. But this year, I'll be honest, like, I have no clue. I mean, the top three on the board are Lesnar, Big E, AJ Styles, and then Roman Reigns is four. You know what I mean? Like, And what makes it tough is there are two. So the two title matches at the Royal Rumble are Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins. And then that's for the smack that that's for the. Universal title, and on the other side, WWE Championship is uh, Brock Lesnar versus Lashley. What makes it difficult is we don't know if any of those guys are going to be in the Royal Rumble. Mm, Yeah. And we will be able to tell during the show the way the matches are laid out. We'll kind of get an idea because there are rumors that the initial match was supposed to be at WrestleMania, the one that they wanted, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. That was supposed to be the the big match that they were shooting for. Roman Reigns had COVID. They had to kind of change a couple plans. Then they realized afterwards Roman wasn't going to be gone for quite as long. So things have changed a little bit. And that, that that's why this is so tricky because if we get like a Brock Lesnar match to open the show, if it's Brock Lesnar versus Lashley, we could get Roman Reigns or the Usos try to screw over Brock Lesnar. We find out maybe that Paul Heyman screws him over. Brock Lesnar loses that title. And then Brock Lesnar, somehow later in the night, enters the Royal Rumble. He beats somebody up who's about to go in. He steals their spot. He goes in and he wins. Kind of like what they did with Becky when Becky yep. had like the man when, who was it? She yep. knocked out Carmella or whoever after she lost to Asuka earlier in the show. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. And they could do the same thing with Roman. I don't think they would be as like I could see it happening more with Brock because Roman's had the long title reign. Now, I I mean they could do the same thing. They could have Brock Lesnar and Heyman come out, screw over Roman Reigns. Seth Rollins gets the win, and then Roman goes after Brock. I I think we're gonna inevitably get a Roman versus Brock match at WrestleMania. I just hope I hope not, none of them are in the Rumble for my personal like fandom. You don't need them to be in the Rumble and win the Royal Rumble. We can get to a Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns match anytime. Yeah. And so if I were betting this and handicapping it, I would go under the assumption that I'm going to not bet Lesnar. I'm going to not bet Roman Reigns because they're involved in another title match. So I would take them out and, and look for someone else to play. Now, the one that doesn't make sense to me is Big E at plus 350. Like, that seems way too low, and there's no way I'm going to bet Big E at that, that price. So it's weird, because Big E's kind of been the, the the one who they've been really quiet on recently. He, yeah. he wasn't even on Raw, and he'll probably show up on SmackDown. We're recording this before uh, SmackDown comes out. And he, he didn't get the big crowning moment. I could see them wanting to give him the chase, and as a babyface, people get behind Big E winning. The only thing is, is like Biggie and Lashley, they kind of just had 
feud going on. I don't know if that feels like a really big WrestleMania match, but he does like he's the safest bet, Biggie. Um, the next guy you, who you, you were kind of mentioning too is one of the favorites. I actually recorded earlier today with Kurt Angle. Um, I was supposed to record with him tomorrow, and we had to, to switch it earlier today. He talked a little bit about the Royal Rumble, and we we talked about some of his career. He he picked AJ Styles. Oh, he he thinks he. I mean, and I think, and he was saying, I want AJ to win too. You know, I, I think they think they realize that okay, AJ hasn't main evented at WrestleMania. They they could have a perfect opportunity now. They just split AJ up from the tag team that he was in with Omos, and you know, if AJ wins, everybody would get behind him. Like everybody would love to see AJ. He's a, a big time fan favorite. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Kurt would love to see uh, AJ Styles getting a run. Now that brings me to another thing. Now these aren't posted yet, and usually, Bet Online or Heritage will post these. You mentioned him. You know, he's, he had that run with Amos. Sometimes they usually post these like to make it to the final four in the ring, or most, or most of, eliminations. Kind of. I mean, too. I think that is almost ran all over it. Omos will be yeah. on the one of the most eliminations ones. Yeah, that would be one that I would get for I would give for Omos. I'm not sure if they have him go all the way to the final four. Like I could see him being someone that comes out early, eliminates a few, and then a couple guys team up on him. They eliminate him. He still looks strong. The the one guy who I think could have a really long run, but I don't think will win it, is Austin Theory. Yeah. Now, if we could find something, maybe a final four with Austin Theory or something like Austin Theory lasting the longest in the ring – I could see Vince McMahon. He's he's had a he's been involved with Vince on Raw recently, and, and he's kind of being you know the, the protege to Vince, and Vince kind of taking him under his wing and sort of picking on him. I could see Vince say, "Hey, pal, you know you asked me for uh, number thirty or number twenty nine. I did you better. I gave you number one. Go out there and prove it, you know." And and then I could see Austin Theory being in there for a long time. Avoiding elimination, one of those guys that kind of keeps sliding out, and he's like on the floor, but oh no, he didn't get tossed out, and he kind of keeps slipping out of it, and, and then you look down at the end, and it's like, what? Theory's still in there? Wait, he made he ran he was forty five minutes or an hour almost, so he's someone who I don't know if he could win. Like if, of course he could win, and then they can make a case for it afterwards. But I expect him to be someone who hangs around for a long time, and uh, and probably has a pretty a pretty good presence in this rumble. Yeah, because sometimes you can tell because, um, God, the female though that Beho is in love with, um, I'm spacing on her name, the one that lost to share to share to Sh- Charlotte Flair, uh, Riot Ruby, yeah, or uh, Rhea, Rhea, Rhea. You can kind of tell they were building her up, so I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they're building up theory. So I mean, I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, the Rock's at fourteen to one. I mean, is that just like, hey, here's the Rock, here's the name, bet on him, or do you think that's because I know yeah, they eventually want to get to Rock, Rock Roman. Yeah, and and I just I have a hard time, and this is why I'm sort of surprised with Ronda because, like, sure, it, it will make sense, but I feel like it's a waste to, to not promote those kind of people. Yeah, you know, like, why not if you know the Rock's going to be there? Aren't you? Don't you think a lot more people would buy? or tune into the show or be in, interested in it and then afterwards you say oh the rock showed up that's great and maybe you get some buzz afterwards or and it maybe leads to something but if you're going to only have people for a certain amount of appearances i feel like you want to promote those appearances oh exactly and 
let's not forget the Survivor Series. Everyone thought The Rock was going to show up and that he no showed. Um, the egg thing, the, you know, he was no there, not there, and the egg and all that stuff. Yeah. What about uh, Ko? Ko just signed a pretty big contract. I don't think they would give Ko the ball here. No, but he he could hang around for a while. He's been in the main event picture for a bit. He's um, I sort of broke him down into tiers, and he was in the group of five, of five or six that he probably isn't going to win. But you could absolutely like he's he's got as good of a chance as any of them. Like he's in the conversation probably with Big E. I had Austin Theory in that group. I think you you probably always have to have Randy Orton in that group. You know, I don't know if Riddle or Omos are quite ready, but I do think they probably have really good runs. And then we've been hearing a lot more about AJ. And I think his numbers are kind of creeping up a little bit too. So yeah. maybe maybe it's him because what it, for both men's and women's, I think they've announced 20, just 21 and 22. Yeah. So there are like eight and nine on each side that have not been announced. And so they got a lot of, a lot of wiggle room there. What about Damian Priest? I would much rather play Priest than KO than I mean Biggie's probably a more likely winner than Priest, but Priest at twenty five to one. If this was like a like two months ago, I would say bet all your money on Priest. They've he's got the little funky thing going on with the, the evil Damien guy, and they've had him lose a couple matches recently. I don't know. Again, sometimes they th- they do that on purpose to kind of throw you off their scent, and then they'll have him win the Royal Rumble. But I don't. It, is Drew McIntyre on your uh, your list anywhere? Twelve to one. So Drew's got some neck problems right now, and it, we we just don't even know if he's going to be there. If he shows up, he's got a shot. He won the Rumble a couple years ago, and he absolutely is a. You know, main event type, deserving type. We could see him right back in that spot again. Uh, I don't know um, if he's healthy enough. Edge is one who's not listed. Edge has a match earlier on the card. Edge is actually, they actually have Edge listed at Bet Online. Oh my God, I just saw him. 25. Him and Orton and Priester and Theory and John Cena and Riddle are all 25. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I those are kind of fun ones in that range. Like, Again, Edge probably won't win this because he just won. I don't know if they'd have him win back-to-back. But if he's in the Rumble, he's probably going to be one of the final four or five and have a good run. And then whoever eliminates him, it'll set up some sort of a match too. So he's not a bad you know, one to, to get a nice run for your money with. Uh, I don't think I would play Cena. I was kind of thinking the same thing with him with The Rock. It's just you feel like you want to announce those guys because they'll yeah, get you some more sales. So big names you know what i mean like right. you want those guys mm-hmm. um what about nah he changed his name i forget what he changed his name to what about walter gunther walter oh, gunther yeah yeah he i think he'll be in the rumble i really do he should he should come in and, and have a nice little run i don't think they'll have him win but they're obviously high on him they brought him over he's going to be in nxt 2.0 a lot more and I think we'll probably see him show up on the main roster pretty soon he's in a group called Imperium I don't think they'd let it have him win this match but him having match with like Brock Lesnar down the line would be really cool what about now hey you know what I'm a Michigan guy I like the Steiners I like the Steiner or Kleiner or whatever that move was 
Steiner, was it? The Frankensteiner. That's what I'm thinking of. What about the Steiner recliner? Those are both. <laughs> so yeah, you got them both. What yeah. about Braun Breaker? Do you think he's gonna have like a Keith Lee type moment during the Royal mm-hmm. Rumble? I do. I think it would be great for him to come in, have a good moment, get a pop, eliminate one or two. Don't need to win this thing, but just show everybody, hey, look, this guy, you know, he means business here. So I would think he makes an appearance. I don't think he, he will win the thing or anything, but I do, I do expect to see him and a couple others from NXT show up. Probably a Grayson Waller show up. He's had a couple kind of back and forth things. Um, maybe we see LA Knight or Ciampa, Pete Dunn, combinations of those guys. We or, could also see them. Or Strong. I mean, Strong and Dunn were not Roderick. Dunn. Yeah. Yep. They, and uh, LA Knight were both at, at um, oh my God, they had something with Ziggler and Raw. Yeah, they had a little yeah. backstage, and, and they've been they've been taping matches on main event and like two hundred five live and some sort of dark, some of the dark uh, pre like before Raw before some of the live uh, live event stuff. So yeah, keep an eye on them. They could we could see them pop up. We could see them show up. And I I don't I mean one that we didn't mention is like Finn Balor. He's always someone who I mean they've been kind of cold on him recently. But if they wanted to just there's a lot of guys that they could. See, I read this thing that Vince is totally off Finn and thinks he's just going to be a jobber, like a Ziggler-type yeah. role. Same sort of thing. It just, it's just yeah. really weird. And then, you know, you would think that the guy with his entrance, and that would be perfect for a big WrestleMania, you know, uh, main event, but uh, who, who knows? Yeah, this they, is That's what makes this Rumble this year so difficult. Most years, you know, when you think of the last few coming into them, it was like, oh, okay, it's probably going to be one of these two or three. This year, it all depends on those guys in those first championship matches and if they show up. If we get Lesnar or Reigns showing up, they're probably going to win the thing. If those guys win their title matches, it probably makes the Rumble a little more interesting because then we really don't know. So basically how I'm interpreting what you're telling everybody is if Brock wins his match, if then look like to a styles or somebody else but if mm-hmm. Lozner if Brock loses his match then you immediately the best line you can find immediately. immediately just go ahead and bet him because that's going to be the play yeah okay yeah I think so and um and they can continue on with the Paul Heyman Roman Reigns storyline that they have um and, and go there so yeah it's it is it is a really really like that the top tier there's maybe eight to ten guys that you think, but none of them even feel like right now is the perfect moment for them to win. Yeah, you always could kind of tell, like, hey, this is the guy that's going to win it. But this year, think about the kinda... last few years, like a couple years ago with Rollins, you knew. A couple yeah. years ago with Drew, you knew. Like you with Nakamura that year, he was one of the short favorites. You just mm. sort of knew it was going to be Nakamura, and you don't get that sense with really anybody this year. Yeah, you really have no idea what what they're going to do. They could go a million different ways. Which makes it great, and uh, you know, as betters, you know, I hit, I hit, or- I've hit Orton, I've hit uh, Rollins, and this is just a fun little thing to bet, you know, because it is scripted. You know, they limit you to twenty five bets, so I mean, you're not wait, you're not betting a lot of money on it, but it's a fun thing to bet. It keeps you entertained on Saturday night. Fun, yeah. It puts down. We're gonna have a pre show before I think it's six o'clock Eastern time on Saturday on, on Better Than Vegas. Yep. We interviewed Kurt Angle. We also interviewed Summer Ray, who's going to be in the women's rumble. We asked her, what you think, uh, Summer, you're 250 to one. 
you know, and she said, I actually have plans that wrestle the, the, the weekend of WrestleMania. So even if I do win, I will probably not be in that match. So we're gonna have to figure something out. And she was like, I wouldn't bet on me. Let's just say that she was honest with us. So, well, that's good. That's good. And I, and I can let you know that I did shoot my shot. She has not replied to my DM yet. Neither is, okay. neither is my girl, Naya, but Okay, well, if, I, if I can, I'll, I'll try to put in any good words that I can for you. I appreciate that, my man. Gino, uh, we're going to be talking Saturday morning on Cutting Nets and yep. Sunday afternoon on Fourth and Inches. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media? It's me, Gino B. If you give me a follow on Twitter, I'll always post all of the uh, shows that I record, live streams, all, all the different content that I have uh, there. Lots of stuff coming up. As you mentioned, we have our uh, weekly Saturday morning show now, 10 a.m. Eastern time, where we go over the Saturday slate of college basketball. So if you're a fan of college basketball over the next couple months, we'll be leading you right into March Madness. We'll finish up with the next just two more editions of Fourth and Inches. We've got uh, this one on Sunday and then a couple weeks from now with the Super Bowl. So always happy to help you out anytime you need someone here, buddy. Awesome, man. Best of luck you this weekend. And, uh, you know, let's, let's cash that AJ Styles plus 500. I just locked it in, my man. So before we dive into the conference championship rounds, one of the big news stories going around the NFL was who that nation is, is looking for a new coach. Sean Payton got up, he retired, and who else to come on than Chase, the Wolf of Oakland from B, from BTV. You can see him on the Picks Porch every Friday with XFL Gym. They do the gymnasium, which is every Sunday. He also does a show which is hilarious with Beho, the lineup Wednesday where they do, um, it's basically like, oh my God, that t- old TV show that I'm spacing on, of course, right now, where they talk about what's going on on that show the next 48 hours, which is pretty good, which is hilarious because I'll be honest, I have 80 HAD to the max and if you can keep me entertained, it's pretty good. And he puts horse racing picks up on picks.horseracingnation.com. Chase, how are you doing today, my man? Man, I, I'm good, but before we get into the Saints stuff, I gotta ask, how did your mom like the, the headshot that I sent her? You know what, my mom loved it, and then yes. it was followed up with my dad wanting to let you know that he was a sniper in Vietnam. So, yeah, uh, I'll back down. Yeah, I automatically <laughs> back down. I so, used the alpha in that situation. So, uh, you know, if you are, happen to be, like, strolling in the front room and, uh, you know, you see a little red dot on you, you know, just, just I'm just, just giving you the heads up, man, man. I'll make sure to walk <laughs> in a serpentine motion everywhere I go in the house. No, but my mom thought your dog was amazingly cute. Um, she thought you should have named it Gator, though. Gator. I like <laughs> it. That's, that's good. So, uh, um, so the big thing is a Sean Payton got up and left. Um, before we dive into like, you know, the roster and everything, cause it's kind of like a, it's an interesting roster, what they have going on there. And I don't think they're as bad off as it's being portrayed by everybody on ESPN and whatnot. Let's talk about some possible coaching targets. Who would you like to see as the next coach of the new Orleans saints? I mean, Saints have played as of late with with defense kind of carrying the banner. Um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a more like defensive minded coach coming in and kind of just kind of accentuating what we already have in place with you know Cam Jordan absolutely being a monster on the defensive line. Uh, I, I kind of would like to give Todd Bowles a shot. 
uh, from the uh, from you know from the Buccaneers previously the the Jets head coach. I, I wouldn't mind making that that uh, that kind of uh, that kind of defensive move. And I mean, I also to be honest, Dennis Allen is what made the team go for for the last you know year. Uh, almost got gave him a chance to make the playoffs with with his you know defensive scheming. And there's something to be said for continuity. So why not, you know, elevate defensive coordinator uh, Dennis Allen to the to the spot? Yeah, keep it in house. I mean, I think your defense. I think you've had a Super Bowl level defense like the last three years. I think your defense has been playing an insane level. Um, I had a name that's kind of I'm not hearing it mentioned at all, and I always personally thought he'd be a great coach. What about Drew Brees? That's interesting. That's. You always kind of, I always kind of wonder how like the, you know, like the star NFL player, you know, becoming a head coach, like, you know, can he still be that like locker room guy whenever you're not the star who's actually like making the plays? Like, how does he feel sharing the spotlight? I mean, I think he's pretty fucking terrible on television, so it makes sense to to make a career move. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I just don't know. I, I really, I can't fathom what that would even look like, you know? But, I mean, I think, like, like this is what I would do if I was an NFL owner and, you know, that's not going to happen anytime soon. I would just kind of get, like, someone like Breeze that's, like, in a phenomenal, like, I think he could be a good motivator and then just overpay for the coordinator position. That That's what I think the best recipe is for an NFL coach. Um, you mentioned defense. And I, it would pain me to see this guy go because I think he's done a tremendous job with my Lions. What What do you think about Aaron Glenn? I mean, I, I'm not opposed to it. I, it's kind of weird that uh, it seems like the Saints and Lions have been would just be uh, you know playing like coach swap in the off seasons. You know, it, it seems like with you, you guys getting Dan Campbell and you know us, which I, I think they 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 either inter you know, either agreed to interview or plan on interviewing, you know, your guy um, pretty soon. So, I mean, there's got to be some interest. I, I, I don't think it would be a bad hire by any means. I mean, it, there, there were, I hate to say it, there are many things wrong with the Lions this year, but I, I don't feel like the defense was necessarily one of them. No, nah, I mean, like for their lack of talent, I think they competed hard. I just think the roster's built awful and they got those guys to compete hard. Um, you mentioned kind of keeping it in-house. I really think, now granted, you know, you said you wanted to kind of keep it defensively. One of the guys who I think would be a good OC, no, excuse me, good um, head coach. He's currently the OC in Los Angeles with the Chargers. He used to be the quarterback coach with um, the Saints. How would you feel about someone offensively like Joe Lombardi? mind that and you, you mentioned joe lombardi uh, another joe i actually crossed my mind was uh, who uh carolina just uh, fired um joe brady who had uh, just a ton of success as the passing game for yeah, the same title uh, so i think he's still for the fences with like eric the or byron leftwich at this point i mean we're getting screwed up right and i mean i i feel like the demographics of like there needs to be more African American coaches in the NFL, and I think that New Orleans is a, a city that would one hundred percent embrace that. You no, know, there wouldn't be any sort of like weird pushback to it or anything. I, I think Eric Bieniemy, um, especially if people want to keep like the Sean Payton kind of flavor of like creative offense, 
uh, that would be the guy, you know, um, you, you see what the what the Chiefs are doing. And I guess the question is how much is, of that is Eric Bieniemy and how much is Andy Reid? But I, I think pretty certain a lot of it is Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just it is amazing to me. You see, like I'll use Urban Meyer. Like, how the f does Urban Meyer get a head coaching job when you have Eric Bieniemy who's just sitting? There? You know what I mean? And this is this is adult football. This is in the college ranks. That I don't know. That that's something that always blew my mind. The only thing that I can think of outside of just like pure like you know prejudice would be maybe the man just doesn't interview well or something. That's the only way I can explain him having this many interviews as a as a you know a head coach and and not getting the job. I mean that that kind of has to be it. You know what I mean? Because why else doesn't he like have a job? It just doesn't. I don't know. Doesn't make sense to me at all. Um. So is there anyone? What about? Someone you mentioned when we were talking off air, Leftwich. I, I guess the rumor is is he's the front runner for Jacksonville. Jacksonville wants to keep the GM, but he will only go there if they change GMs. Any chance on Leftwich at all, or do you think him to Jacksonville is a done deal? I I don't underestimate Jacksonville's ability to just fuck up a wet dream somehow. Like I, I don't I I won't believe it's a done deal until they're actually well not even until after they announce him and ink is actually like on the paper. I still think I, mean, I think anyone mentioned would would be a great hire. Quite honestly, I can't think of anyone who I'm just like no, definitely not that guy. Um, no, I didn't put this one on the list. I think I think it's a travesty when you just look at what this guy has done. He won a Super Bowl. With the Colts, he won a Super Bowl. It was an OC, and he was responsible for two of the best three seasons in Lions history, the history of the organization. Um, I I just it amazes me that Caldwell isn't run. I really feel with how good offensively he is, he could come up with something for like a Taysom Hill. Or Jameis Winston, or if you guys elect to go in a different direction, how would you feel about the old uh, Jimmy? I, if if he has interest in in returning to to coaching, because I mean he's been out of it for for just a little bit now, but if he wants to come out of retirement, I'm I'm completely for it. I, I kind of I like the trend of younger guys that that the team that a lot of teams have seemed to to go with. It, it seems like you know sometimes these. The, you know, retreads of, of people who were in the league had some success and kind of sat out for a while. Doesn't seem to go quite as well. It almost seems like they they kind of they almost kind of seem like frozen in time with when they left the NFL. And the NFL's changed a lot in the last just like two to three years, even. Um, so I, I mean, I, I from a from just like a coaching ability standpoint, hell yeah, hell yeah, I'd take Jim Caldwell. Like basically, just don't give me Jason Garrett. Don't give me Mike Zimmer. Don't give me, um, don't give me Matt Nagy. Don't don't give me like any of those turds. But like anyone we mentioned, I, I I don't I would consider a win. You know. Now you mentioned Jameis Winston. I that's the next elephant in the room. What the hell is going on with the quarterback position? Do we got Jameis Winston? Do we have Taysom Hill? Do they go in a different direction? I mean, what what do you think in terms of quarterback next year? What do you think the position is going to look like? Okay, so with because Taysom Hill, I mean T- 
Taysom Hill has his contract that says, you know, if he starts that quarterback, he, he makes X amount of dollars. I feel like that's going to be prohibitive to him starting. Two, he was very much, I mean, it feels like he was very much Sean Payton's boy. Like, it feels like anything that Taysom Hill got was because Sean Payton specifically wanted him in that spot. And I, the, the next coach isn't going to have that same sort, sort of loyalty. So I'm, I'm not expecting Taysom Hill to come out as your, as your week one starter uh, next year. Uh, I, Jameis is going to depend on how well he comes back from the, from the knee injury. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him get another crack. I, I, I think that you're more likely to see uh, Jameis come out as a week one starter or maybe even the potential of using some of this, you know, kind of trade – you know, trade capital that, that the, the Saints have to maybe either trade up to make a move at, at one of the rookie quarterbacks, you know, coming out in the draft this year or, you know, hoping that one falls to them. So people forget, it wasn't like, you guys were like, what, 6-2 and two with Jameis? Was that, I think, yeah. so I mean, I thought he was doing like a very capable job and with the receivers you have, he was able to push the ball downfield something that I feel the offense didn't do the last couple of years because of Breeze's lack of arm strength. Um, yeah. Now, you mentioned the rookie quarterbacks. If you had a pick of your rookie quarterback, would you look to uh, pick it or corral? I, I actually, I would prefer corral. Yeah. Um, I, I, th- I think in today's modern NFL, you need to be at least somewhat mobile. And yeah. even though he, he's got glass ankles, I, I think that I think that he's the guy over – over Kenny Pickett, which don't get me wrong, Kenny Pickett can run, uh, but Kenny Pickett, you know, Matt Corral's also coming out of the SEC versus the ACC. Um, you know, I, I'm not, I, I wouldn't call what Lane Kiffin does like a full blown kind of like spread offense because they still have quite a bit of like a running, you know, scheme to it. Whereas Pickett was just like drop back in the shotgun and, and throw it every time. Uh, so I think Corral would be more of the fit. And also, I mean, with that kind of regional standpoint, you have to consider that he's going to bring in fans from Mississippi too. I Part of me thinks Pickett's going to be a bust, man. I mean, I just got this feeling, you know, really didn't hear from him until like, the, you know what I mean, the, the back end of his college career, going up against ACC defenses. I don't know, man. Part of me thinks Pickett's going to be a bust, so I completely agree with you. About, Doesn't he have just like a Brandon Whedon vibe? To yeah, him for sure. A little bit. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Um, now a next guy. He's a free agent. You know, he's he's my former neighbor. Um, what about the truth, Mitchell Trubisky? God no. Oh, see, God no. What? See, like here's my thing. Now, now fear. Now just just hear me out. Okay, just hear okay. me out. This year, we saw a how god awful Matt Nagy is. Okay, for the fact right. that he got them a division title and two playoff appearances. I mean, maybe there, there's got to be something there. And I really like. I think he's always in, especially here in Chicago, because that's where I'm, I'm living. Um, I think he's kind of if there if Patrick McZone if Patrick Mahomes didn't exist. Trubisky would still be here and everyone would be happy with him. But I think he's always going to be unfairly just like unfairly compared here to Patrick Mahomes. That's fair. I mean, going going in that draft and going higher than Mahomes, that's, that's kind of that's just kind of the hand you're, you've been dealt for life. I mean, 
it, it, it wasn't it wasn't altogether unimpressive that, that he was able to get to the you know the playoffs with the Bears. I I don't know like. And I mean that game against Philly. Let's not forget like he now maybe I'm just maybe because he's my boy I'm defending him a little bit too much but you know he um like Philly went down and scored he got the ball back I think there was like a minute and so left he drove him down to field goal range he kind of did everything he was supposed to do there you know so I don't know I I think Trubisky yeah. I think in the right system I think Trubisky could could be a good fit for any team. So one thing I, I do I do very much handicap by people's names, and I'm very wary of a of a grown man named Mitchell who doesn't go by Mitch. See, I just like him because I gave him the nickname the Truth, you know, and <laughs> you know that that's why I like him just because of Trubisky. You know, I I would always see him when I was walking the dog. I'd be like Truth, and he'd always like give me the head nod. I'll tell you what, he's a cool dude. Like I've had a couple beers with old with old Mitchell, and he he's a cool dude. Um. Now, so you're saying either basically the perception I'm getting for you is you want him to kind of get corralled. I I wouldn't I, – I actually – I I want Jameis. That's okay. my personal take is, is I want Jameis, but it's all going to depend on how Jameis' rehab goes and if he's, if he's the same quarterback because, I mean – don't get me wrong. I mean, there there have been plenty of medical, you know, breakthroughs with with how we treat ACLs. I mean, I, I think back to when we were kids and like tearing your ACL was like that's it. Like yeah, you were just done. done. Yeah. And and now it's like you can almost you can be back. Some you know, if you're one of these superhumans that plays in the NFL now, you can, you can be back in the the same season if you did it in like week one or week two. So it, it's going to depend on that. You got to think that there's going to be a little bit of a loss of mobility, and it's going to just depend on how he comes back and practices off that knee. Now, depending on if they think Jameis is the guy or not, it's really going to affect their their draft strategy, I think. Because, you know, I I think that if you keep Jameis, then you have to go wide receiver in the first round. If if you don't keep Jameis, you pretty much just have a big open question mark, and is it going to be Ian Book? I, I don't think it's going to be Taysom Hill. Like who else? Yeah, it's not. It's not going to be Trevor Simeon. Or it might be Trevor Simeon for all I know. But uh, yeah, I, I I would like to see them if they're not going to make the commitment to Jameis, go ahead and just find someone who they want to be their um, their you know franchise quarterback going forward. So you mentioned the wide receiver position. Now that brings up the big elephant in the room, Michael Thomas. You know, yep. seems to be a little bit forgotten. I really think him and Breeze with the whole thing that happened with with Breeze and, you know, posting that picture and like, I like I, what was it? Like he supported something Trump did. I really don't know the whole story, so I really don't want to dive into it that much. But I think there was like some a little animosity there between those guys. Um, and then he just didn't even play this year because of, um, what was it, an ankle injury? Yep. Where... Like, is he coming back? Should the new coach be someone he likes so you can get him in the room? Or should they just look to move him? What do you think they should do with uh, Michael? I I think you have to trade Michael Thomas. You need to start entertaining trade offers for Michael Thomas. For one, um, I mean, just talking salary cap, I mean, right now they need need the cap space. And he is going to clear the most money, uh, you know, and get them get them back towards being under under the salary cap or at the salary cap, and you know I I don't think that it's as much as I mean he butted heads with maybe Breeze with with Peyton, 
But there's also just a lot of question marks in terms of like how he decided to handle that ankle injury. He could have had that injury, that that ankle operated on right after the right after the season. He decided to wait, stretch it out, had it you know later in the year, and then ended up missing an entire season. And then you know he being suspended and stuff. I, I feel like he's he's a must move, and it's probably in the in the best interest of the organization to just go ahead and move him. Yeah, just wash your hands. Take what you can get from him, and, you know, that's – I completely agree. Like, if you're able to flip him, get some picks, and then fill some of these needs, that would be the best way to do it. Real quick to Juwan Johnson. Like, I got to tell you about this TikTok that his wife did. I hate to, like, drift off the subject. They did NFL Wife Edition, okay? And she's like, I go to Starbucks. I get two orders in case the barista makes it wrong. Jawan likes his water with exactly five ice cubes, half of it hot water, half of it cold water. So they're obviously mocking it, but it's so funny. It's like yeah. so good. It's funny. Like, oh, look at Jawan left his clothes out for me so I can fold them. Like all his dirty clothes are on the floor. I don't know. It's it's hilarious. I'll have to find that and send it to you, but it, he's kind of a funny dude. Um, I, I, I kind of wish that that was his real Starbucks order because that's how a superstar orders water. <laughs> um, now... What about Malcolm Jenkins? I mean, do you think they're going to be able to move Malcolm for some draft capital? I don't. I, I don't think that you get more than a few later round picks, and I, I think a lot of it's going to come down to. I mean, Malcolm Jenkins, Jenkins is thirty four years old. I mean, yeah. he's still cap- capable of playing the position, but it's going to be a, more of a question of how long does he want to play in the NFL? I mean, he's hitting the age where where it certainly wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for, for him to retire. If, if he's not planning on retiring, then he's another, he's, he could be another kind of cap casualty that they try to move and try to, especially if they, they want to go full, just full blown, you know, rebuild mode. If they trade Malcolm Jenkins, I mean, it's an organization that has traditionally found a lot of value in, 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 you know, late round picks. I mean, just one off the top of my head, just Marcus Colston, you know, out of Hofstra. Um, I want to want to say it was uh, maybe even a sixth rounder. Um, so if that's the case, I mean, why not give yourself a few more bullets to fire in those later rounds and try to find kind of a, a diamond in the rough? Um, you know, I, I'll have to need to look at the roster and see what they've got behind them. But I, I think that I think that he's probably a, a must move at this point and just to get back under the uh, the uh, the cap space so you're not paying like a luxury tax or anything. And I mean, like, I think if you guys make the right moves and bring in the right personnel, I think you guys are right there who could easily, like, make the playoffs or challenge for the South title because Tampa Bay, they're not going to be able to maintain everybody because you have people coming up. Brady's another year another year older. Carolina has Sam Darnold at quarterback. They're not going anywhere soon with him at the helm. And Atlanta, you know, I really feel like Atlanta is so strapped for cash with Matt Ryan's contract. They're headed yep. in the right direction, but they can't do anything. So I really think, like, you know, you guys with your defense, especially your interior defense, like you mentioned, Davenport and Jordan, I think you guys, like, could turn this around, like, rather quickly. And you mentioned the salary cap. I did a little look. Um, they're $61 over the cap. But, like you mentioned, if they trade Thomas and then trade and then make some of these, like, incentive bonuses of, like, 80 receptions, five sacks, whatever, like, quote-unquote signing bonuses, they can easily get under the cap and start attracting some free agents. So, 
I mean, I think this this coaching job is a little a little bit under the radar. Um, yeah, as there's a, a lot of, there are a lot of dominoes, you know, that that have to fall that fall into place once you once they find who the guy is. And I mean, if, if they're if the new guy isn't a Taysom Hill guy, trade that guy, trade oh. Taysom Hill, move Taysom Hill. Think of how much you can actually get for him because I mean. He's – it's a league with a ton of just – you know, you have a top two, top flight quarterbacks and you have some mediocre quarterbacks and really poor quarterbacks. And that is very much pyramid-shaped. There are way more bad quarterbacks, mediocre quarterbacks, than there are top flight. And there are teams that need mediocre quarterbacks. Like, with the way his contract is structured and everything, go ahead and get that off the books. And then you've really got some, some wiggle room to, to build a team this year. Yep, I really like where you guys are headed, and I'm not going to lie. Like, if I had to rank the job openings, this would probably be toward the top. I mean, like, I'd rather coach here than Houston, you know, here than absolutely than um, Las Vegas. Um, Jacksonville, I mean, like, that organization at the top is a wreck. So, yeah, I mean, I really think, like, you guys, like, are in a great position. Chase, I would like to thank you for coming on, talking a little Who Dat Nation. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media? Yeah, you can. You can always find me being abrasive on uh, on Twitter at of Oaklawn. That's O F in the word Oaklawn, as in Oaklawn Racing Casino Resort. Um, yeah, that's it. That's uh, that's where you can find me. And by the way, if, if I'm going to give you my draft wish wish list real quick, give yeah. me Traylon Burks from Arkansas in the first round. That wide receiver, he's a monster. And that's not just because you're um, wearing a Scotty Thurman jersey right now, right? You uh, just just an Arkansas hoodie. Uh, okay. May or may not have it on under, but it has a little bit to do with it. But Traylon Burks is, I mean, his hands are liter- are actually so big that Nike did not make a size for him. Like. Jesus. He's a physical specimen with fucking Nosferatu fingers. How do you guard that? Yeah, he's a beast. Like, kidding aside, guy's an absolute beast, and I think it would be a great hire just because you guys do need – not a good hire, excuse me, a good draft because you guys do need um, do need a wide receiver, especially with you're going to move Thomas. And then also you and I are going to be on uh, Cutting Nets tomorrow, no? Yeah, yeah. Uh, tomorrow morning, Cutting Nets, going over the uh, NCAA basketball schedule. Uh we, we've been doing pretty well with those those picks on that show, by the way. Like there there have been uh, there have been some real solid uh, solid picks for the last two weeks. But yeah, we're, we do that every morning at uh, was it ten Eastern? Is that yeah, right? Yeah, ten a.m. Eastern, bright and early, telling you guys who to lock in. So you and I will talk then, and uh, you know, best of luck in all your wages this weekend, my friend. Thank you. Same to you. I'm always surprised when I'm uh, invited back places. So thanks for having me. So now we're going to jump into the fantasy football aspect, the daily fantasy part of the conference games. Now, I usually do a 50-50 lineup to make cash. But with it being such a slow, a smaller slate, only the two games, I do stuff a little differently this round. You have to make sure that the lineup you're building tells a story. It tells a story about what you think is going to happen in the game. So with that being said, let's look at the quarterback position. Honestly, no one's going to play Garoppolo. So obviously Garoppolo could go off, could, could throw two touchdowns, win someone a million bucks. But I'm not going to make that gamble. You have to look at Mahomes, Burrow, or Stafford. Who's going to be the chalk? I'm guessing Burrow's going to be the chalk. I'm guessing people are going to look to Burrow. They're going to look to a lot of the Bengals. So for me, 
you can pivot from there and you can do a Mahomes and Hill stack or you can do a Mahomes and Kelsey stack. Or you can do a Stafford stack, but I wouldn't do a Stafford stack with Cooper Cup just because that's priced up too much. I would do a Stafford stack with OBJ if I was going to do that. But for argument's sake, you know what? I think we need to go to Patrick Mahomes. So we're going to put in Patrick Mahomes at 7,400. Now, like I said, we want to stack him with somebody. Who do we want to stack him with? Do we want to stack him with Hill or do we want to stack him with Kelsey? I'm going Kelsey here. So we're going to put Kelsey in. So the story that our bet lineup is saying is that Mahomes and Kelsey are going to have a good game. Now, in order for them to come out to the potential, someone needs to be scoring for the Bengals. That way it keeps the game close. Now, Mixon, you know, this is where it gets hard. Someone on the Bengals. I'm not going to go chase because everyone in their aunt's going to go chase. You have to be... Um, what's I'm spacing on the word, I'm sorry, contrarian. So I'm not going to go chase because a lot of people are going to go chase. I'm not going to go mix in just because even though he has a phenomenal fucking matchup, even though Mixon looks like he has a great matchup, I don't trust Zach Taylor to run the ball enough. I honestly don't. So I'm not going to go there. Um, last week, like I said, I'm not going to go chase. And last week, what the Chiefs did was they basically had bracket coverage on Tay Giggs. So I'm assuming they're going to do that to Chase because Chase balled out. He had a great game. So I'm not going to have Chase in. And I need to find a bangle. So basically, that leaves me T. Higgins or, um, excuse me, T. Higgins or Jamar Chase. So we're looking at it here. Let's look at this. We can look at Chase at 6,700, T. Higgins at 5,700, Tyler Boyd 42. I said we're not doing Chase, so Tyler Boyd's down at 42, or we can do T. Higgins at 57. You know what? We're going to do it. We're going to pull the trigger. We are going to go T. Higgins at 57, but he's kind of touched on the pendant. That is the only gamble. You know what? We're going to change. We're going to go Tyler Boyd. We're going to go Tyler Boyd at 4,200. My mistake, people. We're going Tyler Boyd at 4,200. Now we need a running back. Now, anyone that's listened to all my stuff knows how I feel about the San Francisco 49ers and their running game. With that being said, it is an absolute no-brainer we're going with Elijah Mitchell. I went on the Strictly ATS podcast with Boy the Line, and I told you how I'm betting the Eliza Mitchell over 71 and a half yards. Just because he's going to get 20 touches. When you get that much run, you're bound to have a good game. So I'm definitely going to go Elijah Mitchell. He's the only game in town. And plus, I think he's, we're going to see him get more of a run just because of the injury to Debo at the end of the game. I really don't think Debo is 100%. Now, you have to look. Who else do you want here? Who else do you want to get a little bit run? Who else do you... Do you think it put up some production? Running back position, Mixon's interesting. Edwards Alaire is interesting, but you know, there is the McKinnon thing. There's Cam Akers. I really don't want to go with Cam Akers. And the reason I don't want to go with Cam Akers is I think we're going to see a decrease in his touches just because of the fumbles he had. So, you know what? We're going to come back to the running back position. Let's look at the defensive position. Defensive position, you know what? We're going to go with the 49ers. 49ers are at 28. So we have the 49ers at 2,800. So now we have Mahomes, Mitchell, Boyd, Kelsey, and the 49ers defense. That's what we're working with now. 
Let's go to the wide receiver position. And we're not going to go Cup. We're not going to go Debo. We're not going to go Tyreek. We are going to go to... God, we're gonna go to we're gonna we're gonna go to Demarcus Robinson. We're gonna have a Demarcus Robinson. I see Demarcus Robinson actually scoring a touchdown in this game, which is a little weird. So we're gonna go to Demarcus Robinson, running back position. We're gonna put in Joe Mixon because, like I said, the Bengals need to run the ball, and it's such a great matchup. And the Chiefs allow so much production to the running back; it just makes sense. You have Joe Mixon in there even though it'll probably be chalk. Now we're looking at, we have $12,600 available, $63,000 per player. I mean, so this is where it gets a little dicey about what we want to do. If we look at the flex position, man, if we look, God, this is where it gets interesting. We can put Tyreek Hill in, and then we can go OBJ. So I actually... You know what? I actually kind of like this lineup. I'm looking at it right now. It tells a story. It says how Mahomes balls out. Uh, you know, he get, he gets a touchdown to Robinson, gets a touchdown to Kelsey. Hill does his. But to keep up, Boyd and Mixon need to have a good game. I really think this Bengals-Chiefs game is going to shoot out. It's going to be a lot high-scoring than people think. And the 49ers-Rams is going to be a lot more lower-scoring. So that's why we went with the Niners defense. OBJ is going to be the one they target just because bracket coverage is going to be on cup. And they the, the Rams really aren't going to be able to run the ball. And the 49ers are going to roll it with Elijah Mitchell. So I love this build. This is a great build. you know. And, and the lineup tells a story. So there you have it. Mahomes, Mitchell, Mixon, OBJ, Tyler Boyd, Demarcus Robinson, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and the 49ers defense. That is the lineup I am running out for the Millionaire Maker on Sunday. So now we just talked about the fantasy football aspect of the championship round. Now we're going to dive into the betting aspect. And who better to come on? Denver, Dog Better on Twitter, and on Instagram, Alpha underscore Analytics 21, a.k.a. David. David, how you doing today, my man? Doing great, man. Just received some really great news to end my week here and close it out. You know, looking forward to just talking shop with you as always. Appreciate you having me out, brother. Hey, man. You know, I you told me the news. I could not be more ecstatic for you. And you know what? Let's carry on that good news and let's make some money this weekend, my man. Um, exactly. First, you've been absolutely killing college basketball. I have to make a humble break. Did you see somebody on this phone call hit a plus 850 dog in Georgia on Tuesday night? No, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> somebody had a – someone someone had the fighting Tom Creens at plus 850. And, oh, that's why David and I always say – we always say you got to play the money nine when you play the when – you, when you bet. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to place a bet, you know, if you think they're going to cover, you should think they're going to win. So you got to do both. You Like, I – for me, I always put a little. I always put more on the spread than I do the money line, but that's why you do it. That's why David and I always tell you to do that, boys and girls. Um, first game, interesting game. We got a rematch. We have the Chiefs going to the Bengals. Now the line right here for this one, it's pretty interesting. 
it's at seven, seven and a half, depending the, sh the shop you look at. And for the total, it looks like it's 54 and a half across the board. What are your initial thoughts on this game? So you got Bengals at the Chiefs, right? Yep, Bengals at the Chiefs. Okay, okay, okay. all right. I said it the other way. Just sorry, <laughs> man. Like, sorry, dude. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> dude, I have so, eight inches of snow. I have a girlfriend who needs a wisdom teeth pulled. I have a dog who who won't go out in the snow. So I, I could have fucked up if I did my sorry. Okay. I, my bad, man. I have no idea what they have to do, man. Like I, I like this game for me is the biggest headache in the world. Like I so wish this was the Bills here because I I would hammer the Bills if this was the Bills. Um, and speaking of that, like let let's just talk about this Bills game real quick. Sure. Why didn't they squib kick it? You know what I mean? Like, oh my god! <laughs> you know it just doesn't make sense. Field goal. I mean, that's just 
insane. I, I just, I don't know what to make of that in terms of coaching or the players, just overall game management, um, it, you know, or just any, I don't know. I, I don't know where their heads are at with that play. It was just, yeah, I have no clue. I was sitting here and just, so you know, I have, I took, I took your boys at, I think, 13, 12 to 1 at the beginning of the year to win it all. And then yeah. I think it was, like, I don't even know, like, week 12 or 11, I did this bet, like, it was, like, a 20, it was right after whatever the Monday night football game was. And I did, I, I did a small bet for the Bills to beat the 49ers, and it was, like, the odds were insane at that point, because the 49ers were nowhere near the playoffs, the Bills, everyone were down on. And I, I, I was going to win 20K if that happened. It just do, just all my hopes and dreams, boom, on that play. Um, yeah. One of the big talking points and the overtime rule, let me ask you this. This is what I came up with for the playoffs, and tell me what you think. So I hate the coin toss. I really never feel a coin toss in, in playoff football should determine the overtime. How do you feel about this? The home team gets the ball. If it goes to overtime, the home team gets the ball. I feel that would create a little bit more sense of urgency for the visiting team. And if that was the case, the Bills would have gone for two on that final play, I think. So that way the Chiefs wouldn't have a chance to drive down and tie it up. Yeah, I mean, that's it's interesting for the home team to have the ball first. I mean... Well, it yeah. does. It, it kind of rewards them, though. You know, it's rewarding the Chiefs for, for having sure. the for having the better team, for having the not necessarily the better team, but the better the record. better record in the playoffs. You're putting value on the regular season. You keep the scoring, like first team to to score a touchdown wins. Um, you know, or yeah. or the whole field goal thing. I I just feel like more urgency would be created at the end of the game teams would play it a little bit different. Like, I, I really think the Bills would have gone for two, and that would have forced KC to try to get the um, the uh, the touchdown there instead of the field goal if they would have converted. I don't know. Just just always fun to, like, kind of, like, come up with scenarios. Um, I know. And, and I've had so many different thoughts when it came to all that stuff, man. So I completely hear you on that. I mean, you know, I've even hear, hear people trying to interject what college football overtime could be in the NFL. And, all, and I was just like, you know... It's never going to be a perfect system at some point. I mean, we all try to look for that edge. We all want it to be, you know, a great match. Nobody wanted that game to end. I mean, I think I, I saw so many comments about, let's just play this out as a best of seven. Like, and that's, yeah. your, that's your championship winner because that's just how great of a game that was. Um, heartbreaker for us, you know, definitely for my, my own team, my home team. But the, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is <laughs> – Defense wins championships at the end of the day, and you know you, you let a team in like that where our defense was literally on the field for I don't know the last two minutes, just crazy uh, amount of time where you know Mahomes had to drive all the way down the field, then they get the ball back, then the defense is right back on the field, and they're just tired, and it's just like yeah, there's there's no way for for them to get their proper rest and. And I kept saying that at the beginning of the game. I was like, we need to get our defense off the field. I was like, because right now, you know, sure, we're scoring and keeping in, you know, a competitive game here. But, you know, we're also keeping them on the field too long where we're scoring too quickly and then defense is right back on the field. And I don't know what time of possession looked like, you know, by the time the fourth quarter came around. But, 
the uh, you know early on it wasn't looking great for them, and so I just kept thinking to myself, they're just going to get too tired if, if they can't hold out on that end. So now, what your point about rest and tired is kind of where my head is, and why I personally haven't locked in the Chiefs, um, okay. because I look at it like this: Chiefs played the last game of the cycle. Bengals played the first game of the cycle. Chiefs played an emotional overtime victory against the Bills, who, you know, one of the better... If In everyone's eyes, these are the two best teams left. I think we can all agree on that. And you talked about total plays. Chiefs on offense ran 73 plays. Chiefs for the defense were on the field for 63 plays. And now you have the short rest. I mean, I know, like, you, you know what I mean? It's the Bengals are more rested yeah. team. And we've seen, like, teams that have played an extended amount of time on the field, usually the next game start off a little short, a little, it takes a little while to get it going, I'll say. It takes a little while, or they get fatigued right off the bat and are playing catch up. Uh, and on top of that, the Chiefs like to play man. Joe Burrow averages 11 yards per completion against man defense, and he's statistically the best quarterback when you blitz him, and the Chiefs like to blitz. Um, A lot of people will say that, well, he was sacked nine times. I rewatched it when the Titans actually blitzed. He was sacked one time, but he was 10 for 10. All those other sacks were generated because he was just holding onto the ball for over four seconds, and his, the linemen just can't block pass rushers that much. So right. I just, it's just hard. That right, those factors right there with how the Chiefs like to play, the Chiefs coming off an emotional win, and just big men over 300 pounds on a short week, That that's why it's like preventing me from taking the Chiefs. I absolutely love the Chiefs, and... I just that that's my hiccup, um, and then my hiccup from taking the Bengals is I'm look like you and I talk about DVOA a lot, and according to DVOA and the stats, the way to beat this Bengals, excuse me, this Chiefs team is you run the ball. They're giving up 91.2 yards per game, 4.6 per attempt, and on the year, 109 receptions, 887 yards with an 83% catch rate wide receivers do i really think that zach taylor is going to sit back there and say hey you know what we need to run the ball with joe mixon keep like you said the Bengals defense got tired keep our defense off the field as much as we can um so i don't know about that and then i looked at it the Bengals, they can't score when they're in the red zone i did a look they've been in the red zone well, no, I mean, against the Titans and the Rams. Um, I can't find it right now on my sheet. But, oh, here it is right here. Against the Titans, they went in the red zone three times, kicked two field goals, one touchdown. Against the Raiders, five times in the red zone, three field goals, two touchdowns. Against a team like the Chiefs, this needs to be a four-to-one ratio at worst. You know what I mean? You need to be four TDs to one field goal. So that's another, you know what I mean? There's just... Honestly, there's just way too many variables right now for me to lock it in at the number it's at. You know, if this was at a six and a half, I'd be hammering it. Seven and a half, eight, I'm kind of contemplating the Bengals. I just, I don't know, man. Like, it's, and it's hard for me, like, because I so want to bet this game. 
but this is my money and I don't want to bet. You know what I mean? I don't want to force a bet. Yeah. So I and you never should. Right? Yeah. Like if you you should always ask yourself that question of why shouldn't I play this, you know, or or whatever. You should almost make try to persuade yourself not to bet it. And if you can't come up with better reasons not to bet it, then you definitely should bet it, right? Like yeah. I mean that's definitely the progress that I, you know, progression that I try to take across some of these that I'm looking at. But, you know, like I said, and you are absolutely dead on. I don't think I talked about the Deboa rankings much um, when I was leading out. But, you know, you're you're absolutely right. The way to beat the Chiefs is on the ground. Their rushing defense is their weak point. And, you know, and I absolutely think, it, you know, outside of that, they're they're pretty even across. But don't get me wrong. Chiefs obviously have a better, like, passing and rushing offense all around. Um, but, yeah, that's, it's not like the Bengals can't hold their own in terms of the rushing game and Joe Mixon there. I mean, definitely things to consider. I, you know, I definitely find better edges. I mean, when I'm when I'm just looking at the straight numbers of this um, from my end, it, it really is, like, telling myself, well, take the under of, you know, under 54 and a half because that's a, almost a six point margin compared to my other margin of uh, the line itself of being at minus seven. Like you said, I'm showing minus 11. That's only a four point difference. So it's kind of right on that edge that you're talking about. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, out of the game totals and, and the spread itself, I, you know, maybe the totals is a better option in terms of just hitting that under. Um, yeah. And, and you know, we'll see what happens there, but I, w- I would want to think it's going to be a, a high-scoring game, which obviously I think we're going to get you know into the 40s, if not 50s. But I'm just seeing it a little bit better of an edge to take that under uh, right now. See, I to me right now that seems like the play because I really feel that people are going to look at that Bills and uh, Chiefs score and say, "Oh wow, look at all the points scored in that." Look at the 34-31 game they played where the Bengals won. But we need to remember, there was, what, 25 points scored in less than two minutes, you know, in the uh, yeah, yeah, in the build. exactly. You know, so that's kind of, that's not going to happen again. Skewed, you right? know what I mean? It's that's skewed, that's right? not, that that's not going to happen That is again. not the norm. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm definitely, you know, maybe that's my play. Maybe I take the under. Um, you yeah. know, I just don't, I, like, this game for me, like, I just, I, I, I have no idea what they have to do, man. No idea what they have to do. Um, one interesting thing that I found out was Mahomes is 13-15-1 as a TD favorite or more, okay? Conference finals, field goal or more spread, the favorite is 65% against the spread. So both those kind of go um, against each other. Also, guess who leads the Bengals in third down targets for the for the playoffs? Leads the Bengals? Yeah. It's got to be. I mean, if it's not Jamar Chase, it's definitely Mixon. <laughs> no, it is their tight end. He leads them no in third down targets and third down receptions, which I found kind of kind of interesting um yeah chase only has two third down targets and two third down receptions i found really interesting and then andy reeg is the only coach to make four straight 
conference championship games, and he did it in both Philadelphia and in Kansas City. So yeah, kind of um, yeah, kind of interesting game here. As of for me right now, this is a pass. As much as it pains me to say this, it's a pass with the lean toward the under, which I'll probably end up playing. Um, next game, the game that I am insanely looking forward to. Um, oh wow! So the spread right now between the 49ers and Rams is the third time they've played this year. Uh, Niners, it's anywhere from plus three and a half, and we're starting to see it to tick back up to plus four and a half with an over under of 45 and a half. I'll be straight up as soon as Dave Mason from Bet Online tweeted out. The openers of plus four and a half, I hammered the 49ers. So I just, like right off the bat, I hammered it. Um, interesting matchup here. Interesting to hear what you have to say about this game. Yeah, so, I mean, my numbers are definitely more in favor of the Niners. Um, I have this more as a pick em. And, you know, with that kind of spread sitting out in front of the 49ers right now, I, I have it in, in their favor. Um, that is that is a side that has the value at least, and you know across the board, these teams are pretty evenly matched when it comes to Devoa rankings. When I look, I mean they're both sitting very close, all top ten all around. Um, you know, I mean it's like the Rams. The only thing that the only differentiator in terms of Devoa rankings falling out of the top ten is the passing offensive rank of the Rams. That's actually you know still just like top twelve for whatever reason. Um, but that being said, you know, where I actually, I mean, again, edge with value is with the Niners. The edge in terms of totals is with the over. I have the Vegas total, at least on one of my books at 46. Um, you know, so the, I think I heard you say 45 and a half on some other ones. And that being said, that only means like, you know, that number is creeping up as well. Uh, My model average is showing more like 51 and a half, 52. So almost a full touchdown difference for that overplay. Um, and same thing for the first half. It, you know, again, more like a pick em in terms of the uh, average total or average side. Um, you know, kind of sitting at 0.5 or minus 0.5 for the Rams, you know, for their benefit. But, you know, when the Vegas line is still sitting there with that plus three for the Niners, it's hard to ignore that for even the first half. The first half totals, I'm showing, you know, Vegas sitting around 23. I'm sitting myself at 25 and a half. So, personally, that is a pass for me. The, you know, so as I look at this game overall, uh, my play is Niners or maybe the, you know, or maybe the full game over as a lead, but not a full play for me right now. So, you know, if I'm if I'm playing this, you know, the way that I just as we talked about leading out, right? Play that spread, hit that money line on the Niners, and and that's where the money goes for me. See, I just I just played the spread just because I got the Niners at twelve to one to go to the Super Bowl. So I just okay. I just I just played the four and a half. That's why I didn't that's why in this situation, because I already have an investment in basically the money line, that's why I didn't do it. Um that's good. This this is my thought process. Is a you have Jimmy G, who is 
15 and four as a dog, 14 and five straight up as a dog. Um, McVeigh is four and zero as a dog against um, against. Oh, sorry, Shanahan's four and zero as a dog against McVeigh, and Shanahan's six and zero in the last three years against McVeigh. Um, looking at game one, now this is when there was no Mitchell. Trey Sermon was their lead back, and they weren't using Debo like they're using Debo right now. They outgained them 335 to 226 for the Niners outgained them. Game two, I mean, Jesus, they outgained them 449 to 265. With how this Rams defense is constructed, the they don't match up well with a physical running attack. And this zone running game is going to eat against them. Game one, 44 rushes, buck 56. Game two, 31 rushes, buck 35. Um, Mitchell, 21 and 85 last game for the season. He's getting 18 rushes, averaging about 80 yards per last four games. 22 attempts, 84, which brings me to my prop bet of Mitchell over 71 yards rushing. I love that because Debo got hurt at the end of the Packers game. So even he's going to play regardless, but since he isn't 100%, I don't think they're going to lean on him as much at the beginning of the game. I think they're going to look to establish um, Mitchell Moore and use him running the ball. Also, um, you look at Fournette. Fournette was 13 for 51 to start the game last week. That game got off script. So this Rams defense can get run on. It's just a bad matchup. Like overall, I think the 49ers, you know, are going to cover. I think they have a legitimately shot, straight up win him. I have a pick them too. Everyone's going to, the, the stat, every, excuse me, the narrative everyone's going to hear is it's hard to beat teams three times in a season. I took a look back. This has happened 21 times. Do you care to guess how many times the team that has won the first two has won the third one? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, 14. <laughs> but no, but you know what, oh, you, you know crazy. what I mean? Like, so, I mean, it's not, it's not as big of a deal as people make it out to be. Um, on the road, three. So what, and, you're, so what you're saying is two thirds of the time, they're still covering that third game anyway. Yeah. So like, it doesn't really yeah. matter. You know what I mean? Like, it's just this narrative. People are just oh, going to yeah. throw out that. We just need to pump the brakes and not like read too much into, which I'm afraid people are going to do. Um, and then we don't know what's going on in the front with Wentworth. I know his backup played a great game against the Bucks, but this 49ers front four with Bosa and Armstead and Warner, that's nothing to snout about. They're going to be able oh, yeah. to get home and make Stafford a little bit uncomfortable. The McVay... Their whole scheme is based on the run game. Akers, like, isn't himself right now. He's fumbling all over the place, so that leads to probably more Sony Michelle yardage. So, yeah, I I think the 49ers are going to they're gonna cover. I think they're going to straight up win. I have them at four and a half, and I locked in the Mitchell over 71 yards rushing. So those are my two bets nice. for this one. I found this interesting Jimmy G stat. Are you ready for this bad boy? When throwing zero touchdown passes, 
the Niners are nine and two overall and three and zero in the playoffs when he throws zero touchdown passes. So that I found that astronomically That's, insane. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And I um, mean, you know, one one thing that I'll tell you is, and I'm not a, I'm not much of a trend better, but you know. As much as I do love this matchup, I did look into this one trend for you. So there we go. I'll tell you right now, the underdog is six and zero against the spread in all their meetings. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Like I, I like little trends like that. Um, another thing I don't understand as a Lions fan who would die to have his team go to a Super Bowl and lose and like be in the conference finals, like Jimmy G has done for the 49ers. And the Niners fans are trying to run him out of town because they want Trey Lance. The Niners yeah. are eight and twenty-seven without Jimmy G as a starter. Eight yeah. and twenty-seven, which is just astronomical. And I get it; like he's not the guy that's going to throw for like three hundred and fifty yards. He's not sure. that guy, but he's that guy that you with a good system around him, which the Niners have. He can get you to the playoffs routinely. He can maybe get you to a Super Bowl, maybe even win you a Super Bowl. But I don't think Trey oh, yeah. Lance can be that guy that gets you over the hump. I don't think he's going to give you more than Jimmy G's giving you. Um, I did want to do something interesting with you since you are my numbers man. I am going to read you Bet Online's look-aheads for the Super Bowl and tell me if you see any value on these. Line one, Chiefs minus two and a half. Rams plus two and a half. Thoughts on that one? Definitely. I mean, definitely value all around. I mean, you're either smashing the Chiefs on the minus two and a half or you're smashing Rams on that money line. I mean, that's that's, that's so close right there. I wonder what this would say if I just... Hold on one second. Let me take a look. Yeah, I if I'm looking ahead and that was the matchup, I got the Chiefs at like better than a touchdown. Um, oh, wow. So you, you minus see, eight and a half, almost minus nine if I'm projecting that right. So David's telling you guys if it's if the Ram, if the Chiefs win the first game and the Rams win the second game, you got to start. You got to hammer that two and a half. You um, have to absolutely. Next game, 49ers. Chiefs, Chiefs minus three and a half. I'm going to say your model has this probably around in the same ballpark, like a 7-8 for the Chiefs. Yep, about a minus nine, actually. Oh, wow. Okay, so definitely. But, but, but to your point, if that's already, if that's the possible line of minus seven, like, I'm not even playing that. I'm not touching that. Yeah. Well, no, I, oh, I mean, like, no, the bet online has it as Chiefs minus three and a half. I yeah. said that last week with, with the Bengals, right? Like, I just kept saying it. I was like, I just don't like that hook. I was like, you know, and sure enough, they just outright won. So, <laughs> All right, so before, let's, because you're a numbers guy, like, and I'm sure, like, you're, you're, and everyone talks about analytics, analytics, analytics. So here's my here's my thing with that, with, with what happened in the Titans game. So there was that touchdown, and there's an offsides or whatever. Vrabel takes takes the penalty, goes like to like what was it, the two or whatever. So um 
they they run Henry, get stuff, take a they take a point off the board, okay? Because he listened to like the numbers and the analytics. Then at the end of the game, it was third and one. You less than a yard actually. It's about a yard and a half. You have Tannehill, who's ninety percent career sneaking the ball. You go RPO in the shotgun for whatever reason, <laughs> get stopped short of the line. Um Analytics says to go, you go, you get stopped, and that's in Bullock field goal range. So it's basically like four points you take you you took off the board by not having Bullock kick the field goal and not taking the extra point. That's four points you lost yeah. by three. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I like I'm a numbers guy too. My dad's an accountant, but I really I don't know, like this whole analytics thing with like when to go and when not to go, like I just I don't know. So I wanted to, I wanted to ask you, did you think the Titans made the right choices in those situations or do you think they should have played it differently? I think they should have played it differently. I think there's I think some people invest into the analytics too early into the game. And it really does depend on that situational factor, right? Like nobody should be playing catch up for points early. You just take what's given to you. And, you know, I don't feel like you should be putting in those kinds of analytics. And don't get me wrong, there are some situational things that, you know, I was watching the Bills do through the, you know, through their playoff run where they would be going for it. And I was kind of like, you know, you're you're playing away, you're playing on, you know, other at a different field, you need to set the tone early. I get it. Um, but, like, don't put your team in a position where you're going to lose those points early. That's that's my position um, when it comes to those situational plays because you can chase points at the end of the game. Everybody has to chase points at the end of the game. But if you if you put your team in a hole by not taking those points early, to your point of a four-point swing, right? Like, yeah. I mean, you lose by three. It's like, wow, we, you know, we missed this opportunity. We, we forfeited that opportunity by going just based on other things. You know, that's that's kind of where I draw the line in the sand with analytics. I mean, I I could almost you know bring this across to MLB where I see it happen a lot more frequently than NFL when they do all their shifts and all those kinds of things, um, especially as it gets into their own playoff run. And I I hate the shifts that they do. I really and I'm a huge baseball fan. I mean, like just you know, obviously my Braves won it all. Congrats to them. But you know, the uh, uh, the main thing there is just like the analytics plays, they they don't count for everything early into games. They count maybe more at the end of games when you know your team has to go for certain things and you know that certain plays are, you know, your team's sitting within the red zone and, you know, you're you're knocking on the door and you're and you just know you're not punting. You know you need these points, whatever that case may be. Um and you know, okay, well, it's, I'm not converting. A, you're going to run a third down play, knowing you're going to, you know, also run a fourth down play. From that angle, I think a lot of people just have that mindset of go, 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 because worst case, you pin them back and they're deep already in their territory, and you're thinking you'll get a stop and get the ball back quickly. That, I mean, <laughs> you're definitely relying a lot on your defense at that point. And again, defense wins championships, so it's kind of like, all right, I get all the, you know, topple effect of this but you know the compound effect of you know that mentality and paradigm but at the same point you know don't put your team in a hole early where you got to chase points and still make up those points from earlier as well that's that's where i draw the line i don't want people chasing anything from an earlier state you can always chase 
later, but I would only do that when it comes to the fourth quarter. That's when I think only analytics plays make a lot of sense because then at that point, it's all or nothing. I mean, yeah. you, you know exactly where you stand. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think you don't want to chase early. You want to take it. You want to put some score scoreboard pressure on the other team. But in the fourth quarter, you got that's when you have to use, like, the analytics grid like you were talking about. Um, back to these spreads. Bengals, Rams, the line, the look-ahead line per bet online would be three and a half for the Rams laying it. Um, <laughs> trying to... So what was it again? Three and a half. For the Bengals? No, Rams laying three. Rams minus three and a half. Uh, Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a close one. I definitely have the Rams at minus five and a half if that's the matchup. Okay. So, I mean, that one's not as much variance with that one as the post the other one. The last one, which I don't I mean, I think this would be an interesting game. I don't. It would be a little rematch. To I think this is the early '80s, I believe. Um, Bengals plus three, Niners minus three. Yeah, that's a really good one. I got. I'm almost dead on. I got minus four and a half for the Niners. All right. So with the Bengals matchups, lines are about even with your model. But there's definitely value on Kansas City if it's Kansas City against one of the other teams. So based on your model, you would say this is the Chief, the Chiefs to win. Exactly. Okay. All right. So with that being said, let me pull up the Super Bowl futures. Um, I mean the Chief, I, Chiefs are only at plus one twenty to win it. I don't see any value in playing that. Um. So so much for that question, my friend. <laughs> Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna advise anyone, anyone, to play a buck, buck twenty future for a team to win four games. Um, David, want to thank you for coming on, talking a little NFL. Why don't they? Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on Twitter and Instagram? Thanks, I appreciate it, man. Great talking. Oh my god, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing where these matchups go this weekend. It's uh, very tight games, and you know, I'm definitely looking at the Niners and the Chiefs to be that, you know, be those two teams uh, that advance. So let's see where the money ends up. But uh, yeah, if anybody ever wants to talk shop, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Denver Dog Better B E T T O R. Or on Instagram at alpha underscore analytics twenty one. So thanks again, man. Really appreciate the time. Hey, man. You know what? I always enjoy talking sports with you. Um, ever since the pandemic, you know, you and I have been talking. You know, made a nice little friendship. Look forward to many more NFL talks. Um, not next week, but how about the week before the Super Bowl? If you're free, you know, you're more than welcome to come on and talk uh, talk the big game if you want. Absolutely. It would be more than, more than a pleasure. All right, my man. We will talk soon. Best of luck in all your wagers this weekend. Thank you, buddy. You too. So that's it for this edition of the ETOF 2-1 Sports Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Like I said, great episode. want to thank Gino for coming on, talking better in the Royal Rumble. Chase for coming on, talking what's next for the Saints and everything. And... I would like to thank David for coming on and talking the games, bets, and whatnot. 
what we're going to lock in for NFL Championship Round. Let's have a weekend. Let's cash some tickets. Let's make some money. Until next week, my friends.